Hey, horror fans, this is Ace Marrero, and you are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Dig it! I'm Jessica Funneborn, and I'm listening to Gruesome Herzog. This is Yvette Corvea, and most of you know me as Marla from Run, Bitch, Run. She's a really evil, crazy bitch. And you guys are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hi, this is David Z. Stamp, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzogs. Hey, this is Bill Oberst, Jr. I play Dale in the film Dismal, and as Dale would say... Let me tell you something. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. You got Dale's word on that. Hey, this is James Cotton. I'm a director, writer, producer. You're listening to Gruesome Herzog. Jack Harrison, action actor and stunt coordinator on three stunt teams. I played the character Idiot in the movie Dismal, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzog. generation pretty close so here we go hello everyone this is gruesome herzog my very special guest tonight is actress Susie lorraine how you doing Susie? i'm good thanks so much for having me on the show well thank you for coming on i really appreciate it what we're going to do here um like the listeners probably do know already but i'll mention it uh you have a career in horror that would make a horror nut happy I mean, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of movies that you're in that I'm going to have to do some seek and destroy and find them. And uh, I, uh, like I told a lot of people, I don't care, you know, how how um, low budget it is. Horror is horror to me, no matter what. So, anyways, if you want, we can start in 2004 uh, with Chainsaw Sally. Um, in case the listeners haven't seen this, uh, like I told you earlier, I posted the trailer on one of my blogs, and it blew up to number one in a matter of two hours. Now, would you mind giving the listeners a, a, an idea of what this movie's about? Sure. Um, yeah, Chainsaw Sally um, was a movie. I actually just have a very small role in it um, because uh, Jimmy Overall, who directed it, and, and his wife April, who plays Chainsaw Sally, had made this movie and then um, they actually wanted to add some additional uh, scenes to it, like to flesh it out. I think that's what the distributors recommended. So we ended up, uh, you know, adding me to the film, essentially, and shooting a scene where I was uh, Chainsaw Sally's victim, and so I played Miss Busy Bee, um, which was a lot of fun. And um, basically, Chainsaw Sally is a female ass-kicking serial killer who wields a chainsaw. <laughs> and... and um, you know. It's very, um, you know, there's like it's it's very tongue in cheek, which definitely appealed to me because it kind of fuses horror right. and comedy, and it's a lot of fun. And you know, I what I love about it is the strong female characters. You know, I love that. Yeah. Um, and April does an amazing job playing uh, playing Sally. And I just realized who's in there, and I'm so psyched to see it. The original. Yeah. The original Leatherface. 
Yep, that's right. Gunnar Hansen is in that movie. In fact, um, I cast Gunnar Hansen in, in my film uh, that I produced, Wonton Baby. So, oh. um, I definitely, definitely recommend him. He's an awesome guy, really talented, um, you know, really smart. It, and it's funny, too, because people might have misconceptions about Leatherface. Like, oh, he's just a guy in a mask, you know, that chases people around. But he's really bright, and he's, he's a really talented actor, and he's, he's funny, too. Like, he's got a lot of, lot of jokes. <laughs> did you ever watch that, the the making of that the original? No, I didn't, but I'd love to. Because I think it came out. Obviously, I've seen that movie like ten times. Yeah, I think it came out in the late '80s. I watched it like a couple months ago, and I won't tell you. I don't want to ruin it, but if you if you can locate it, watch it because there's a lot of information that I never even knew. I mean, what they had to deal with, you know, being so being low, 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 low budget back in '74, is to what those actors had to go through in order to make that thing come out. It's yeah, crazy. and it was like a tight schedule, and it was, you know, the dead of summer in Texas. Yes. And so it was like really brutal shooting conditions, I heard. Yep. Well, the next one I also want to see, and uh, it has two titles, so I'm assuming it's one or the other, um, Tomb of Terrors, or it's called The Crucier in 2005. I don't know why it has oh, two the, names. Oh, The Crucifier, I think you're saying. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> yep, that was um, a Bill's above movie, and uh, Bill is is um, he does a lot of documentaries on like heavy metal bands and stuff like that. Okay, he has a magazine called The Grimoire, so he asked me to uh, to play a small role in that movie. Um, gosh, we shot it in like a day, so it was you know not um, <laughs> yeah. not a lead role or anything, just a supporting. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, I've been hearing stories about that. How um, some of these movies are filmed in a week's time. You know, it just. It's amazing, you know. It's it, I guess it all depends on uh, on the on the uh, talent or the acting ability. But some movies can get out in two weeks. You know, it's possible, but for a feature film, it's it's tough. I mean, if, yeah. if you if you only have two weeks, um, and you want to do it right, because right. there's a big difference between doing a low budget movie right and doing one that's going to look like shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, yeah, it's, it's right. possible. Is it recommended to shoot a feature in two weeks? No, no, not really. But it can be done if everybody's focused and, like you say, if, if the talent is, you know, really, um, you know, got their shit together and, and the crew, of course. You know, the, the, the next one, um, it actually has a high rating on IMDb, and IMDb are really harsh on horror movies. I don't understand that, but they per- really are, aren't yeah. they? Like, because they expect everything to be mainstream, and it's like that's why I love indie films, is because. They're not mainstream, and they take these risks, and they can go to places right. that you know the mainstream studios are afraid. You know, oh well, this might offend the audience. Well, who cares? Horror, you know, let's push it as far as we want to go. Yep. <laughs> and a sad part about it is, what the, the what the mainstream people don't understand is, eventually it's going to collapse because the the independent films, I think, in a matter of time, it's going to take over. For the simple fact is, they ain't afraid to show something. And that's what makes yeah, them. I sure hope you're right. <laughs> uh, well, I've heard that from many people that you know. Think about this: how many how many big budget horror films was that was actually made in the last three years? A lot. It seems like they're always popping on another one, but but it, it seems like they're you know half the time they're remakes. So the studio exactly. Want to that's my whole point. That's my whole. We yep. got. That's my whole point. And you know what? Some remakes are all right to see. All right, but it's always nice to have a new uh, uh, something different, something you know, something creative. Now, when yep, I say because there's so much talent out there, and there's so many great ideas, yep. um, you know, it's just a matter of getting it out there to the public. Well, the next one, I think it's it has a creative title. I'm dying to see it. 
It's called Purple Glow in 2005. It's a horror sci-fi. And how do you pronounce the how do you pronounce the director's name? Um, his name is Sylvain Bell. Sil- I think he ju- he likes to go by S. V. Bell, but okay. um, he's he's French Canadian, so it's um, Sylvain Bell. Okay. Now, exactly, what's this movie about? You know, um, Purple Glow. Again, I just had a really small mm-hmm. role in, so I'd actually rather talk about the projects with Sylvain Bell that I had a lead in. Um, which was, um, gosh, Cold-Blooded Murders, uh, The Night They Returned, and also uh, She-Demons of the Black Sun. Um, That's the next one. Sylvain was actually um, the guy who gave me one of my first breaks with a, a tremendous role in a movie called Cold-Blooded Murders, okay. um, where I actually played a um, serial killer, and I stalked um, you know, the tenants in the apartment that I lived in. And oh, really? It was just a great opportunity. He really believed in me, and you know, I think that was probably my first horror film that I'm, you know, really proud of, and um, so I've worked with him on, gosh, probably five movies, the latest was Rise of the Ghost, um, but um, definitely just a, just a great filmmaker, a great guy, really creative, uh, really talented, and he knows how to do it, you know, on a, on a relatively low budget, and make right. it look like it's higher budget. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, um, the average person who doesn't follow independent movies, horror movies, real closely, could actually be fooled, you know, by how it's made to think that, oh, you know, oh, they want to spend a lot of money on this movie. But when you, like myself and and yourself, now you know yourself, well, I'm repeating myself, but when you, <laughs> would, <laughs> I know that I can tell it, basically I can tell the difference between budgets. I mean, after a while you start I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but you start realizing, okay, well, they might have had they had a little more money on this movie than this movie. You can just tell, and that's not a bad thing either. You know what I mean? Right. A movie could be, you could spend ten thousand dollars less on one movie, and that movie could be better than the one you spent more money on. It just all depends Absolutely. on the story, the talents, and you know, I've learned a lot. The next one you already mentioned it already, but we'll talk about it now. She Demons of the Black Sun in two thousand six. Yes, um, that's where I played a, a demon named Belial, and uh, <laughs> uh, basically it's it's sort of a, a rape revenge story. It stars um, Isabel Stephen, and uh, she has a night out at a club where she's actually um, date raped. You know, they slip her like a roofie or something, Oof. and um, you know, so all this happens, and she wakes up and realizes the next day what happened, and so she dabbles in black magic, right? So she. Um, manages to summon these uh, four demons, four female demons, to come and uh, kind of help her enact revenge on the guys that attacked her the night before. So it's, um, it was a really interesting movie and fun to work with Sylvain and, and Isabel, um, who's a friend of mine as well. well that sounds interesting. Um, and uh, all those all of his films are shot in Montreal because um, Sylvain is, is Montreal-based. Yeah. Isabel even is as well. Yep, and so is... Um Mickelson, Ryan Mickelson, Nicholson, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I'm familiar with him. Okay, uh, he's the one that did um, Gutter Balls. Um, anyways, I don't want to go off track. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk horror forever, but now I know, me too. <laughs> I'm a big zombie fan. I wasn't up until like maybe a year ago because I thought zombie movies are a waste of time. I didn't quite understand the concept, but I watched Dead Snow from Norway. And now I've watched every George Romero, and any zombie movie that I see, I go get and buy and watch. The next one, yeah. I think you know what I'm getting to, 
is called uh, Zombies Anonymous in 2006. Oh, yes. Wow, this is going to take like three hours if we go through all my movies. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Zombies, Zombies Anonymous, yeah, that was, um, that was shot actually in New Jersey. And um, it was a really cool concept and interesting take on zombies because it actually very tongue-in-cheek and, you know, very, very dark and sarcastic, but it dealt with zombie discrimination. Basically, it was a world where, um, you know, people were increasingly turning into zombies, but the humans, um, you know, had this hatred, almost a prejudice towards the zombies. And so the zombies would try, you know, some of them in shame, they would try to cover their appearance, and there was this thing called look-alive makeup. And if you put it on, you can uh, look more human and not like a zombie. So it was really, really cute. It um, actually won Best Feature um, at the uh, New York City Horror Film Festival uh, the year that it was released. So it definitely had some great uh, critical acclaim. i got to check that out. Now, I'm going to have to skip a few because, (laughs) like like you said... Because we'll be here until 10. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to move up to Knock Knock in 2007. Okay. Um, Knock Knock... um, it was actually a, a higher-budget horror film. It was um, directed by Joe Ariola, and uh, we shot that here in, in New York City. And um, it, it is uh, currently available through uh, Lionsgate. They picked it up and distributed it, so you can find it anywhere, yep. everywhere. Um, and it's just, just a great, old-fashioned uh, you know, horror movie, kind of in the slasher vein. It's, um, you know, it's a serious movie. It's not um, a horror comedy by any means. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's a good story, and Lionsgate um, believed in it enough to, to uh, put it out, and they are um, in talks of making a knock-knock, too. So oh, wow. hopefully um, we'll be seeing more from, uh, from this filmmaker. Yeah, i got to check that one out as well. Um, that's the purpose of uh, these interviews, is because some of these movies, like I said, you know, they hear you talking about it, and then now they're going to go out and purchase it and check it out, and that's my whole part, my whole point of the interviews. Um, right. But there's Just a, a caveat about Knock Knock is, is that I have a very small role, so it's, you know, yeah, knock, um, knock. I'm a, a news reporter. I mean, if, if you wanted, I could give a suggestion of movies that I recommend that I'm in and okay. I'm the lead. Sounds good. Now, the next one I talked to you about off the air, um, Sea of Dust in 2008. Now, like I said, I posted a trailer on this on, the, on my blogger, and it blew up. Everybody wants to check this out and what it's about, see what it's about. So, real quickly, if you don't mind... Um, you can give a quite give some um, an idea about this movie, and then the listeners can get, get can get a better idea, you know, other than watching the trailer. Right. Um, sea of Dust um, was actually made a, a number of years ago, and it, it just took a while, as as sometimes things do due to post production issues. Um, but it's a great film. I think it's it's really original. It's really experimental. Um, you know, like you and I were saying earlier, it, it's totally different than most of the horror that are out there. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of almost has like a David Lynch feel to it, uh, kind of meshed with uh, heavy inspiration um, from the Hammer films, like the British Hammer films yeah. in the 60s and 70s. The director, uh, Scott Bunt, is a huge fan of, uh, of Hammer stuff, so he actually cast Ingrid Pitt yes. um, in the film, and this was her last role, because she recently passed away yep. um, last month, sadly. Uh, no. But she just had a hell of a career, just a tremendous career, definitely inspirational to me yep. um, as an actor and as, as a scream queen. So oh. it was really neat that they got Ingrid in the film, and uh, she does a fabulous job, just really passionate acting. 
and uh, Tom Savini is in the movie as well. Yep, and that that was sad news when I read that on the on the web that she passed because she is an icon in the horror genre. The next one, Definitely. I got the news from Scott, and it was very. Oh sad. yeah, I bet. I know. You know. You know. She was. You know, like you said, that was released in 2008, but it probably was made in what, like 2006? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. 2005, 2006-ish. Yeah. But it happens, and I think, you know, that's the thing that's interesting about film in general. I mean, you can take a movie to the extreme, like Avatar, and that took 10 years from start to finish. Um, the average movie takes about six months in post-production, right. from the time you wrap, to the time it's, you know, it's actually finished, finished. Right. Um, but it varies. I mean, sometimes there's different ob- obstacles depending on the film. And then, like, say, for example, okay, you finish the movie, you finish editing, post-production, you're done. Okay, well, then the next step is you have to shop it around to distributors. Right. So that takes time. And then, say, Lionsgate picks it up, and then Lionsgate will say, okay, you know, we're going to plan your release for, you know, the second quarter of 2011. So there's, you know, it's a bit of a waiting game. And, right. And you know, that definitely takes time. And they... And or they'll try and change the name of the movie too. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And that is what happened. Uh, to, to segue to another film, that's what happened to a movie I worked on called Holocaust. Holocaust. This distrib- yep. distributor changed the title to Destined to Be Ingested. That's the one more appropriate. That's what I'm going to talk to talk about right now. So go right on ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's that directed by Sophian Khan. Yep, Sophie Khan. He's he's a great, um, great director, a really amazing uh, eye. You know, the uh, cinematography is probably uh, one of the, the better films I've ever worked on in that. Um, it's just beautiful. They shot it, um, I think, on the red camera or, or something, something akin to that. So it's just beautiful footage. And um, it is basically a, a cannibal slash zombie movie and we shot it on location in the British Virgin Islands. Oh wow. Um so it was just a, a treat instead of a treatment <laughs> to go um to go there and, you know, hang out with everyone and, and make a movie. And yep. uh so I played one of the leads, I played Sandy and basically she's the gold digging wife of this this rich fat guy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so it kinda it starts out kinda silly and whimsical but then it gets heavier as you know, these vacationers um, are actually attacked by, um, they don't know what, but it turns out to be um, this uh, island full of uh, cannibals. I, I <laughs> so anyway, the now. point about the original title, um, they, the director originally wanted to call it Holocaust Holocaust, but um, kind of like as an ode to cannibal holocaust and, you know, the Holocaust movies of right. the year. Right. But when it was finished, um, you know, it just it wasn't really a serious, as those kind of movies it was more of like a you know like again like a tongue in cheek um, kind of horror comedy so they figured destined to be ingested with a little bit of lighter and appropriate title right yeah yeah there, there's a, like I said there's a it's amazing how creative people can be they can make certain forms of zombies you know you now got the running ones you got the jumping ones you got the slow walkers <laughs> And then you got like like the the crazies type, which are not zombies. I don't know what they are. I guess they're crazy people, but I just I dig that movie so much. I don't know what it is. I just especially the, especially the foreign ones that you have to uh, read the subtitles to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I find that I find that to me it's it's a hassle for me because I don't I can't focus long enough to keep reading. I just sooner watch, but I get through it. 
But yeah, uh, and sometimes if the movie is good enough, after a while you don't even realize that there's subtitles. You're just, you know, you're just right. going with the flow and just really enjoying the movie. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm reading that. That's yep. Yeah, that same goes for like I'll put movies in my iPod. Okay, now people go, I can't watch it. The screen's too small. Well, when you start watching the movie in there, you don't realize the screen's small because you know you're you're so focused in the movie, you don't even realize it. Exactly, you get so engrossed in the story and yep. you know you get drawn in. Yep. And I think that that's the point I want to make about good movies versus bad is, you know, it's all about the characters. And if I'm watching a movie as a horror fan and I'm halfway through and I don't care about the characters, like I don't care if they live or die, right. that's a bad movie. Yes. No, the, the test of a good movie is do I care, do I hate them, do I love them, but do I feel, do I feel something? And if you can, you know, sell that to the audience and have, you know, the acting come across in that way, then that's a good movie. You know, there's something that makes you feel something, whether it's loathing or love or sadness or, you know, right. whatever the case may be. Now, yeah, well, that's the same thing. I, that's how I thought about that movie. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called La Horde or it's called The Horde. I guess it's a German. No, I haven't. I can't remember. It's Italian a zombie movie. The characters, okay. the characters were so bland in there. It just, you know, I mean, it's just like, I mean, it was good and all, but I could get into it because the, the, the characters are so boring. You know, you got, right. you know, yeah. Now the the next one you mentioned a little earlier about Gunnar Hansen is Wan Tan Baby, two thousand nine. This baby, I want to see. I do want to see this <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the one I'm most proud of because essentially it is it is my baby. Um, basically, um, I came up with the story idea um, a few years ago, I guess, and uh, I had been t- talking to my friend James Morgart about it, and uh, he was really intrigued with the idea. So we decided to collaborate, and uh, he took my story idea and he fleshed it out into this great screenplay. Um, and uh, so I co-produced it with him. I assistant directed, and he, he directed the film. And uh, we ended up uh, casting Gunnar Hansen and uh, Debbie Rashawn and Lou Martini Jr., who has done a lot of work on The Sopranos and all other. But basically, the movie is about um, Debbie Rashawn's character. Um, actually, she plays a madam, you know, like she's a brothel owner um, back in the 70s. And... Um, so anyway, back then, um, you know, it was crazy times, and she ended up uh, getting pregnant by one of her customers, and I play the daughter, <laughs> so I'm actually the, the child, the love child. So right, right. Um, so it flashes forward to present day, and me, the child, I have this grotesque stomach, like I have a, this deformity, and my family just ignores it. But finally it gets so bad, you know, I'm rushed to the hospital, and uh, Gunnar Hansen plays a surgeon, and so she's like, you know, we have to operate, we have to remove this because, you know, it's a danger to her health. So they end up cutting it out, and it is a fetus in situ, which is a parasitic twin okay. that was growing in my stomach ever since Jeez. I was born. So, um, but it's, it, this is where it gets, like, really silly. So the baby pops out, and he's, like, speaking with, like, this gravelly Asian accent. Oh, jeez. like, Elvis Pompadour, and he's, like, he's chubby, he's, like, like three feet tall. His claws. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very um, basket case or like it's alive inspired. Right. But Wonton Baby is definitely one of a kind. If you see this baby, um, you'll you'll see what I mean. But yeah. I'm just I'm really proud of it, just because I had a lot to do with you know the behind the scenes um, aspect of it, and just seeing a project from you know start to finish. The DVD um, has been really neat. The DVD cover alone is very. It's an awesome looking DVD cover. 
<laughs> Thanks. That's just actually the uh, poster art because um, it's not released yet. We completed it, and now we're just um, entertaining some offers from distributors and, and going to decide, you know, who we're going to go with. But it has screened at a lot of film festivals, um, Italy and Australia and mm. down at the UK and the US, of course. Yeah. Um, so we've done really, really well with it, and everybody says like as soon as the baby comes on screen, like he just feels the scene. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I mean, the acting is great too, in my humble opinion. But um, you know, the baby is just a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> I can't wait to see that, and uh, good luck. I hope it gets picked up soon so we can get a glimpse of that. The next one, um, the next one. I, I just s- one, one more thing about that. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. One time, baby. Um, it premiered um, last month at the New York City Horror Film Festival, which was you know really exciting for us. Right. And uh, it actually closed. The, the film festival so it was the last movie um, of the fest and uh, you know um, it was packed theater so we had had a really nice turnout and got some good feedback I can't wait to see that now now, now, now you got me in suspense <laughs> <laughs> now is there a trailer for that? there is yeah you can go on YouTube and just search One Hong Baby and it'll okay. pop right up and we also have a Facebook um, if anybody wants to join there's a Facebook uh, fan page for Wonton Baby. Okay. I'm going to post um, that trailer so tonight on my blog Yeah, site. oh, that would be awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can't wait for you to see it. Now, the next one I absolutely loved, and I just realized that you're in it, I think, after I talk to you, uh, <laughs> only, only because you're in so many of them, but I do recognize you now, is Bikini Girls on Ice in 2009. Oh, yes. I absolutely <laughs> love this movie. Not because so much because of the practically nude cheerleaders, is William Duran Moe played for a debut for him one hell of a psycho performance yeah yeah and let's talk about him for a minute because he's a really interesting guy um, he has a background in theater you know he's a classically trained actor and um, you know so he has lots of experience with even Shakespearean type theater from what I understand so he's a proper actor he's a proper method actor too in that um, he didn't want to interact with any of the actors that he killed until after they killed him. So in other words, I didn't even meet Mo, <laughs> you know, <I> didn't <laughs> the actor, until after he had killed me because he just, you know, just stays in character and he came on set and he just grunting and, you know, yeah, breathing know. Heavy and like getting into the role. So it was total method. Oh. Um, but he's a really, really interesting guy and, you know, I was really uh, impressed with his performance. When he would kill you, he'd kill you. He don't stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He she really likes to kill. <laughs> <laughs> He's very fond of, of the actions of uh, violence, bludgeoning, and, and whatnot. And the ending, the ending kind of threw me for a loop. I ain't saying no more because people didn't see it. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, there will be a part two. It's going to be called Pin Up Girls on Ice, and um, I, I have a lead role in that, and we're shooting that in Montreal. In uh, late summer, so, nice. uh, really looking forward to that. I'll be there for probably like three or four weeks. Um, you know, working on my scenes. That is great so to hopefully hear. Hopefully, it'll be bigger and better. But the film has done great, and um, you know, it was picked up by the Horror Horror Channel in the UK, so it's been screening regularly on TV there. Um, you know, they have a great um, distribution deal, I think, in the UK. Um, but um, it's, it's doing quite well in the US, too. I understand. I can't wait. Yeah, like I said, that was a. I love that movie. It just how it was made. It was made. You know, 
it was clever how it was made, and, and like I said, the ending was it surprised me because you know you don't know until the last second. But I am so glad there's a there's a, a, a basically a part two to that one. That's going to be amazing. Now the you next. Need both. The ne- <laughs> and, oh, and just one other funny funny mm-hmm. note on that movie. Um, we uh, shot in the summer, you know, in the summer months in Montreal, so you would assume it would be warm, you know, because everybody's a lot of the characters are in bikinis. Right. But there was like a cold wave, coupled with like a, a rainstorm that lasted, I think, maybe about ten days, right in the middle of filming. Oh So wow. it, it definitely posed some challenges, and like, you know, I remember filming one night, you know, freezing, you know, maybe. Maybe in the 40s, maybe oh, a little wow. bit colder, and which is pretty heavy if you're in a bikini. Right. So we would shoot the scenes, and then I would like make a beeline, you know, for warmth just to get inside a car or anything. And you wouldn't even so notice, and you can't even tell. Yeah, I know, because it's like as soon as as soon as they yell action, everybody was like, "Okay, we're on. We're done. <laughs> we don't feel the cold." <laughs> now <laughs> it was cute though. Everybody was a trooper. Well, we actually made it to 2011. We did it. <laughs> uh, the one that has my interest is, um, well, it's actually an action adventure drama, but it's called The Sickness in 2011. Oh, yes. I have not even shot that yet. That is directed by Brandon Brooks, who I actually worked with back in uh, probably 2004-ish. Okay. Um, you know, when I played a, a role, I played the lead in his movie, Acrimony. Um and so Brandon is making a new film, and he asked me to be a part of it. Um, and so we are still yet to film. So technically, that movie is, is still in production. Okay. But um, it's a hell of a film, like really intense, really violent, um, you know, really uh, interesting story. Yeah, and I read it. I just read it now, and it has the uh, resemblance of uh, the crazies. Does it? If you have not seen the crazies, but I'm definitely going to watch it on yeah. your recommendation. People start going crazy. That's what I read. <laughs> so it uh, has my interest. Well, then we can move on to another 2011. Um, I'm taking it that's going to be released in February 2nd uh, on DVD, I'm assuming. Uh, the Haunting of Pearson Place in 2011. Oh, yes. Um, we just wrapped that in November. Uh, filmed in the Washington, D.C. area and a little bit in Maryland. And uh, this is great. Um, this is directed by Michael Marino. And um, I played the founder, so um, basically I was a ghost um, about this house, and um, you know, um, basically this new couple moves in and wants to refurbish this beautiful old house, but the house has, you know, uh, basically more than they bargained for in terms of a, a spirit life, and the spirits are not happy, right, right, <laughs> myself right. included. So <laughs> um, it was it was just a blast to play um, the antagonist and. You know, I think I killed maybe five people, so uh, the, the death toll was, was pretty high for for me. Right. And I uh, just got to be really sadistic and evil. And, <laughs> and I was very, very fun. I was very surprised to see Joe Estevez in here. Yeah, isn't that neat? Yeah, it is. The great actor. Yep. Definitely. So you know, it was definitely a score that they um, they were able to get him to sign on. Now the next one's in 2011. And I'm sure now I'm assuming that it's finished. Um, Monitor in 2011. That I have yet to shoot as well. That oh, really? is actually uh, being produced and directed by Dave Davies, um, who is London based. Um, so we still need to shoot my scenes, um, okay. which are going to be shot here in New York because he and his production crew are coming 
um, probably sometime this um, late winter, early spring. Um, so we're gonna gonna wrap that up then. But going back to um, a movie that I just shot in Italy in September, I just wanted to mention Gladiators uh, right. from Hell. Oh yeah, I missed that one. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> 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 But um, Gladiators from Hell um, was really neat for me because it was my was my second or third time working with Stefano Mila, who um, he is Torino based, uh, Torino, Italy, and um, so I was in Italy for I guess maybe two weeks uh, working on that role. And um, you can check out the trailer on uh, my website or um, on YouTube. And uh, it just kind of blends uh, fantasy with a little bit of horror kind of like supernatural right um and uh i'm really proud of it it's just it's really really slick looking and um had some great fights you know like authentic gladiators doing their thing that's cool um yes i'm really really proud of that and we're looking at a release probably probably summer um 2011 summer this year leroy kincaid yeah, he's actually a wrestler, yep. um, a professional wrestler, and he's based in the UK as well. And uh, he did a, a fantastic job. In fact, Leroy um, was Gore Male of the Month in uh, Gorzon Magazine last issue. Oh, wow. Um, I'm, a, I'm a staff writer for Gorzon Magazine, um, and uh, so I write a column each month, and every month we feature a Gore Male of the Month and a Gore Meet of oh, the wow. Month. So it's equal opportunity, male and female. Now, is there? Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying his his career is, is definitely taking off, and he's doing like some paranormal research and wow. ghost studies and stuff like that. So she's um, combining forces with Gorzon Magazine um, because they're doing a lot of uh, like ghost uh, ghost stories series and you know paranormal investigation stuff, which is really neat. Yeah. Now you know what? There's one that I missed that I want to talk to you about. I'm going to bring it up real quick. Sins of the Father. Um, you know that I just had like a like a one minute cameo. Okay. In. Okay. Um, that was directed. It was a light and dark production directed by Glenn Daisley, and I think, gosh, we shot that in 2002, believe it or not. Wow. But didn't release it um, until recently. Wow. And, and you pl- and you went by the name of Susie Lay or Lee. Yep. Wow. Right. And that was just a sequel um, to the original movie um, called The Tenement. Uh, okay. Another horror okay. film. I saw that too. I didn't see it, but I see it mm-hmm. listed. Now, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Any any more new stuff? I mean, I know you mentioned that the sequel to the Bikini movie, but is there anything else that we um, haven't talked about? I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, it, it looks like I have a project in Finland um, this summer. Um, because I've been uh, been talking to a producer over there, so that would be pretty neat. It, it, it's interesting. I kind of feel like I could live anywhere in the in the world because most of my movies are overseas. <laughs> 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 you know, so I'm always traveling. There's like really something local. It's pretty funny. But one thing, real quick, before I let you go, that I come to find out is I've been watching a lot of horror movies from horror movies slash thrillers from England and Australia. And I said mm-hmm. this, I said this numerous times. Probably, people could probably get tired of me saying it, but I absolutely love watching them for one reason: the sceneries, the buildings, makes the movie even more creepier. Because you know we're, we're so used to. It's like when we watch movies here, we know you know we're used to the buildings. Yeah. Then when you watch them over there, it's so different to us and so more. Cre- it's creepy. Now I interviewed a director from England 
on uh, Saturday, um, Sean, um, and he said the same thing. So he goes, they enjoy watching our movies because the buildings are yeah, the the buildings are different than theirs. So that's what you know. That's what makes it interesting to me, especially the zombie movies. You know, zombie movies. I watched a movie called Dead Meat. I think it came out like 2004. And I think it was filmed in Finland. That movie wasn't the greatest in the world, but I liked it. But because of the way they talk and the scenery and the old looking like the old looking houses, you know, it just makes it more creepier. Absolutely, and you know, I had this conversation with Stefano Miller, who's the director of Gladiators from Hell, and I'd worked with on Clang as well. And you know, we shoot in Italy, and so you have these just picturesque backgrounds, these settings, just amazing. I mean, we film in castles, we film in caves. Um, mm-hmm. The history there is just in Italy, in Europe, um, it's just unsurpassed. And, and like you say, it just gives it a totally different feel and vibe. And it's definitely yep. funny because he loves American culture, and he's like, "No, I want to come to LA and make a movie." And I'm like, "No, Stefano, I think what sets you apart from everybody else is that." You are filming in Italy, you know, not right. many horror movies are being made in Italy, right. um, or, or fantasy for that matter, and I said, I think that's, you know, one of your strengths, because you have these fantastic settings in your backyard. Yep. <laughs> you know, so I, I agree with you entirely. It can really, you know, make it more exotic, more picturesque, more creepy, um, especially when it comes to, like, some of the old Gothic uh, architecture and castles and whatnot. Yeah, there's two movies in Australia, real quick, that blew me away, and it's one of my, two of my all-time favorites, Wolf Creek mm-hmm. and Storm Warning. If you, I have not seen either, you, but I have the Wolf Creek on DVD, um, and I have yet to watch it. You've got to see Storm Warning, too. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That... Now you talk about scenery. It's in the outback. I ain't oh no! no but was it fake or was it a real? Oh, the real, the real kangaroo is a baby. Oh, how it's, horrible! It's one of the scenes that, yeah, I read it online that that was actually a real killing. I don't want to give. I'm not going. That has nothing to do with the story, but that blew me away. But the surprised animal rights activists haven't gotten all over that. I mean, I didn't uh, think they could do that anymore. I mean, that's just there's just no. Never a reason for that ever. I know, ever. I know. But the movie, other than that, the movie was crazy. Especially with the, you got to see it. I'm telling you, it's it's one of my favorites. But you know, I, I saw another um, movie called a Serbian film. Have you heard about that? Serbian film? No, I've yeah. heard about it. I haven't. Yeah, I heard about it. It's really, really heavy. Like really intense. Just taboo laden. Um, kind of goes where most films don't. Unfortunately, uh, no babies or animals. <laughs> More harmed in it, thank God. But there's a lot of inference and uh, a lot of like really realistic looking, uh, almost like snuff film right. aspects to it, and it's just very, very powerful. Um, I saw that at the Ravenna Nightmare Film Festival in Italy this fall, and uh, it was it's really heavy. If you get a chance to see it, I will. Now, my wife doesn't like horror movies, but she watched one with me, and she had a fit at the end of that movie. It was called Farmhouse. Uh-huh. It had that guy from Wings in it. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Right. He, he was in the remake of The Shining. I don't know. That guy from Wings. But the last scene of the movie involves a baby, and my wife absolutely wanted to write them and give them hell. She was so pissed and offended. It has to do with a baby. Well, then she definitely shouldn't see a Serbian film. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I want to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate the conversation. 
Thanks so much. It was a lot of fun talking to you. Thank you for having me on. No problem. And uh, I'll keep an eye on you. You know, you got a lot lot of movies out there, and I'll be sure to check them out. But again, thank you very much for taking time, and uh, you take care of yourself. Thanks. You too, Scott. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Susie. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, horror fans, this is Ace Marrero, and you are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Dig it! I'm Jessica Funneborn, and I'm listening to Gruesome Herzog. This is Yvette Corvea, and most of you know me as Marla from Run, Bitch, Run. She's a really evil, crazy bitch. And you guys are listening to Gruesome Herzog. Hi, this is David Z. Stamp, and you're listening to Gruesome Herzogs. Hey, this is Bill Oberst, Jr. I play Dale in the film Dismal, and as Dale would say... Let me tell you something. You're listening to Gruesome Hurts All. You got Dale's word on that. Hey, this is James Cotton. I'm a director, writer, producer. You're listening to Gruesome Hurts All. Jack Harrison, action actor and stunt coordinator of all three stunt teams. I played the character Idiot in the movie Dismal, and you're listening to Gruesome Hurts All. 